Dancing around Let's go bury it Whoop whoop, another episode of Keep Chugging Podcast. Whoop. What? This is uh, 23? Shit, it's 23. It's 23 already. Yeah. We're, we're going to wake there, up one day, we're going to be like 50 years old, and it'll be episode like 3,000. Well, if it's if it's 50, I only have a few more years after that, so we're good. Fuck, <laughs> if we make it that far. <laughs> uh, well, we'll... we'll We'll see at the end of this this uh, this uh, presidency how long we make it, <laughs> dude. Oh my god, that's a, oh that's a whole nother one. We won't even go Definitely. there. We won't. So I how, think Phil refers to him as the bad. Orange Menace, right? Does he still do oh, that? Oh god, is it the? Well, I call him the orangutan. So, <laughs> all right, and welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's politics. Yeah, that's it. Um, so how was how was your week, buddy? How how how, was, how have you been since the last podcast? Wet wet yeah and, it's and a, not it's the good very, kind i mean the good kind but a different kind of good kind it's a very moist uh time in southern california it is but you know what i love it i i don't i don't give a fuck i mean other people <laughs> and I, my wife was saying this morning that you know oh man it would suck to be in washington where it's depressing like this all the time i was like yeah but out here we never get it so i love it that is true it's good to pen, um, considering most of the time we're in a drought right exactly um so the usual uh what have you been listening to listening to this week um i've got i stayed i went pretty dark so i never fully visited the uh um the new uh newest um behemoth um what okay. i loved you at your darkest or whatever um yeah. and it's i love it uh it's it's very black metal it's a lot less death metal still has a lot of those elements but um I liked it, man. Haters gonna hate, but uh, I liked it. You know, that's okay. maybe it's my it's my mood right now. But I, I'm I'm I've been digging on that for sure. Goes along with the weather. I, I you know what it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a reason you you um, is there because re- I've never found myself ever gravitating towards Behemoth. Is there a reason you found yourself going like Behemoth? I need to hear Behemoth today. I think, um, damn, the rain's coming down, bro. Um, yeah, it's getting, it's bad. I think what, I think it's, uh, part of it is, uh, nostalgia. Um, you know, Demigod, Demigod came out when I was in high school. It was like, uh, I went, so here's, here's a little history of me. Um, I went from, you know, Iron Maiden, classic metal stuff to, you know, Slayer thrash stuff to needing something even harder. And I, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the day, you know, the cable channels had like the, the music channels, they still do, uh, but the music choice channels and they had the metal one. Yeah. It was, um, uranium. Yeah. Okay. So there were, there were those channels, but I mean, I'm talking about just the music choice channel that just played music. It was just, there's no picture. The blank screen, yeah. Yeah. So okay. th- there was a metal station. I would literally sit there trying to find new stuff with a notepad, writing shit down. Now, mind you, this is in the Napster, LimeWire days. So it was like, yep. compile a list and then go give your computer aids while you try to download these songs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, f- I discovered Children of Bodom. And, uh, you know, those are probably, they're probably my all-time favorite. And then um, it was just, you know, dive deeper into the European stuff. You know, in my 
my head, Slayer was the hardest thing. And then it was like, oh, what are these guys? Oh, my God, what are these guys? And then Behemoth's demigod-like just, it was like a punch in the dick, dude. That shit was so fucking brutal. And I, something about Nurgle's voice was so aggressive and in your face. That whole album's really just angry. And it was like this is it. This is what I needed right here. And, you know, of course I went into, you know, dark funeral and more black metal stuff and blah, 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 blah. But so there's behemoth goes way back with me. And then like, I've just, I don't know. They're one of those bands that I can't hate because they're just, there's that nostalgia and everything else. So every album, whether it's been my absolute favorite or not, I've just, I've liked it. Stay stuck to them regardless of how hipster Nurgle becomes. (laughs) Nice, because cause my thing was, um, I think the heaviest I got when I was younger was, like, Cannibal Corpse. Like, I think okay. it was Cannibal Corpse and Deicide, and I didn't go so much the black metal. I went definitely more, like, the deep, like, the deep death metal that wasn't, like, like, I like I was that kid that knew about Cannibal Corpse when they were on Ace Ventura. Right. And yes. I was like, yo, I already, know, I already know that band. Like, you guys are, are not about this band, but I already knew about this band. I was like, oh, fuck, like, Cannibal Corpse is in a movie? Like, what the fuck? Right. And, and not to say that, that Behemoth was any harder or heavier. I think mixing on that album was very different. I mean, you know, Death Metal was coming up. I mean, this is the early 2000s, you know. I mean, Death Metal was definitely, you know, growing and it was evolving and Black mm-hmm. Metal was becoming more obvious out here in the States. But, like, mm-hmm. um, something in the mixing of that album had such a presence and aggression to it. Because, like, I mean, Cannibal Corpse was hard as shit and, you know, they were grindy and they were, you know, loud and stuff like that. And the mixing was good and great. And that was, like... Um, you know, like Hammer Smash Face was probably one of the first songs I learned on the guitar. Yeah. Um, great shit. But something about the mixing of Demigod, that fucking album is just so present. It's very, it's not very black metal, and, but it's almost, you know, too dark to be death metal. Uh, yeah. So it was very black into death metal. And, you know, again, like I can rant about that album for fucking ever. And if Javi was here, he would agree because we had this conversation the other day. But that, I think that's what it is. That's what it is with me and Behemoth. Is just that's that yeah. album. Yeah, and and see that's been that's always been my issue with like early black metal was just that I couldn't get past the recordings. Prototypical were, nastiness. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and you know they used the the HM two and just crank the mids and it just it was almost painful to listen to. Like my like ear fatigue set in real fast. Oh yeah. So, up until, like you said, up until stuff like Behemoth, like it was very hard to maintain my attention with black metal. Oh yeah, the old Burzum and stuff like that. Those, you know, Mayhem and all the uh, the pioneers of that genre. Um, I have the hardest time with. And those guys, I mean, you know, this this is through countless you know metal documentaries. It's it's explained it, but black metal sort of defined itself and destroyed itself because th- that being. That was the rule. Black metal had to be like that. It was such a fucking elitist thing. And, you know, yeah. then breakout bands like Cradle of Filth, you know, started going in a gothic direction. Dimmu went in a symphonic direction. And, you know, a lot of these bands kind of, if they were going to stay relevant in any sort of way whatever, whatsoever, had to sort of evolve. And it became not as black metal anymore. It became mm-hmm. symphonic, gothic, you know, um, 
you know, blackened death metal and, yeah. and, and it grew into more. So I can't with that early stuff either. I, I mean, I, I told myself I liked it as a teenager, probably just because it was so horrid to listen to and anything I could do to offend somebody. It was just there. There we go. And, and again, sure. I, I found behemoth and that shit was so fucking loud that it was just like, all right, this is this is what this is the kind of shit that I need. I think that that's where my love for core and slamming breakdowns and tech and stuff like that comes from is just that need for overly aggressiveness. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chris, what do you listen to this week? Chris doesn't know what you listen to. <laughs> stuff. That's all that matters. Oh, she's well. Here's the thing. She has a lot of. Um, she has a lot of announcements, especially with Nam coming up, right? And new, you know, new band signing stuff like that. So there's not too much that she can really talk to. And then, by the way, just throwing this out there, she was diagnosed with tonsillitis today. So, oh no! So that that's always fun. Yeah, that blows. Yep. Uh, let's see. What did I What did I do this week? Um, Miss Dillinger. I thought you went a fit for an autopsy. I don't know. So or she's she's trying to get through fit and um and fit for an autopsy and more Dillinger as usual. Nice. Um, what did I get through? Um, I actually went back and was listening to a lot of um, arsonists get all the girls. Okay, it's been a while since I tapped into those guys. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, I'm having a real hard time getting through all their records. Like I do, I do my best to listen to whatever band I'm trying to listen to for the week. I try to get through all their material. Um, obviously to have stuff to talk about for this, but just, just to keep my brain fresh in general. And, um, they're not hitting, they're not hitting me the way that I thought they would. Yeah. That band, I don't know. I, there's moments, but they've never been, a. it's never been like, I'm going to exclusively listen to them. It was like, let's, you know, like the toppings on the Sunday in my playlist, like let's throw a little bit of that in there, but I, I've never been a diehard fan. I mean, I respect some of the stuff, and I have the moments where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, all right, cool. But I can't do, like, a front-to-back like I would with, like, Black Dahlia or Kill Switch right. or something like that. Th- that's what ends up happening with, with Arsonist is there's a good riff, and then I'm like, all right, let me just get back to something that I know I love, especially while I'm at work. Right. Um, you know, an Arsonist, Arsonist Get All the Girls records will come on, and I'll be like, yo, like that's a good riff. All right, let me skip that so I can get to like some E Tid or or the yeah. Bled or something. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's it for me too. And I, there's a lot of bands. God, I, there's lists and lists and lists of um where there's there's certain portions. Like I could listen to a 10 second part of a song about a hundred times, but it yeah. has a bunch of other shit that I just don't fucking like. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a, there's a ton of them. It's just for a specific riff, and it's a, it's always motivational, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's what I was looking for with, with Arsonist Girl Girls. I was looking for some inspiration. I was looking for like oh like that riff sounds dope. Like what if I did something like that? And I just couldn't I couldn't find it. I couldn't find that hook. No, I I, I think. I think they've come and gone for me. There was a time a while back where it was like a lot more, but now I have a really hard time just finding my groove with those guys. So I feel that. For sure. 
So I got something real quick. Um, the figure it's worth bringing up right now since I saw it on uh, Instagram fucking 10 minutes ago. But did you happen to see Wes's uh, custom Ibanez with his new yes. pickups? Oh, my oh, dear yeah. Lord. Geez. That's an it's, it's an Iceman, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a Ibanez Iceman that he's got his new. Is it Seymour Duncan? Yeah, the Duncan Jupiter. It, it's retarded. It it's, looks like a Jupiter. It's the Jupiter and then the Sustaniac. Yeah. And but he said he did. He's done something special to them. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually looking at the post now, and there's not a whole lot that ex, that comes from the Ibanez page. But I was reading it earlier, and I don't remember specifically what it was. But the the Jupiter pickups. Yeah. Uh, he designed with them. I watched the whole video going through explaining it and the the rails and the the different flavors. So like he worked with them to de- actually design this pickup. Um, okay. And the the only thing, and I have this issue with pretty much every uh, every like person's pickup signature pickup is it's their signature pickup. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't have Wes's hands, and I'm just going to jump out there and say it. That dude's uh, picking hand uh, is just incredible. Like, it was literally came down from the gods, and fucking, they're like, here you go, bro. And he can just pick just so fucking clean. So, mm-hmm. is that pickup going to work for me? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look for a six-string one and get a hold of one, and we're going to podcast the fuck out of that. Yeah. But, um. I'm down for that because because I I'm not getting I'm not gonna go as far as saying I'm getting back on the pickup itch, but um, I definitely have, you know, the seven is gonna need pickups. I've got a Les Paul that needs pickups, um, so I'm definitely getting like okay I need I need to put some I need to drop something special in both of those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely down to see if you can get a, a Jupiter, and what would you throw it in? What, or what are you thinking you're gonna throw it in? Well, I'm supposed to get a hold of that six-string uh, Strandberg uh, tomorrow. Oh, uh, nice! And it's a humbucker single coil, single coil. So I was thinking about Ooh. making a bridge. Uh, the the single the middle single coil. I don't use those, but it's yeah. there. Um, but the bridge, uh, not the bridge. The next single coil is the uh, Joe Satriani one. So okay. We'll see. That'll be cool. I've never had one of those, so we'll try that out. And then the uh, uh, bridge currently is a Crunch Lab. Um, which, as we saw when I tried it out on your rigs, didn't agree too well with your rigs. Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's it. Um, the the Demarzio stuff through my gear for whatever reason, it's always temperamental. Yeah, it's and it and it's funny because then I went back to mine. I was like, man, I, and you know, it just makes me think that uh, you know, back to you know how Guitar Marie has pickups that are catered more towards digital versus tube rigs. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's just a pickup that caters more towards mine. However. John Petrucci uses it, and he plays through Mesa stuff. So I don't know, whatever. It, there's there's always factors, you know. There's always a ton of factors. There's and and to be honest, we we kind of underestimated uh, how long the podcast was going to go compared to how long we could gear and nerd out for the for, right, you know, doing guitar stuff. So we definitely need another another go at at sitting down with that pickup, with my gear, with your gear, with you know, time to to figure that stuff out. Yeah, we got we had way too much fun with Mel and Jacob, which was which was <laughs> awesome. It was worth every second of it. It was great for sure. So for sure. Um, but yeah, so that guitar uh, looks bitchin'. I'm I'm a very big fan of uh, you know the the you know very just wood grain look. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of that. I mean, you know, black on black is cool and all, but I like flat and I like the the wood grain work. Right. Um, the I'm tending to like the wood grain look more these days because uh, the stuff that's flat glosses when you play, and I sweat right. battery acids, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a yeah. problem all in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want to. I still want to pick up that uh, that Ibanez Iron Age, the FR. Um, ix6 oh yeah bro um bro i know i know i gotta scoop i I, I really want to scoop that up for sure i mean nam's coming and i'm probably gonna have a long list which i think we've got one more cast before nam so maybe we'll talk about nam during nam prior like maybe the night before i don't know because that's a that's gonna take a whole cast right (laughs) we're gonna have um for for anybody listening that's interested we're gonna have one special cast coming up and then we'll have um, the pre-NAM cast, uh, hopefully a during-NAM cast, and then obviously post-NAM. Um, and then throughout the weekend, we'll have, you know, hopefully posts and internet, uh, you know, internet hoping or internet provided, maybe a live cast. Maybe we'll do a, well, maybe we'll do a quick live feed or something. Dude, a live feed would, would be cool. I was thinking about that, too, uh, you know getting a few more of those going people could see our ugly faces a little more <laughs> for sure i was i was thinking about doing um because i got encouraged again uh i was thinking about doing a live feed uh i have to test out some mic placement and and speaker placement kind of ideas with guitar tones so i was thinking about doing a live feed and and having people actually see you know what goes into just finding a spot for the mic to go for on a, on a speaker cab yeah I mean that that would be great. Get some of that going, you know. I I myself fucking hate recording, so yeah. <laughs> you know it's like for me, I, I'd rather pay somebody to figure everything out than try to right. fuck with it myself because I'm just too damn picky to sit there and <laughs> listen to and every I, nuance every, from you yeah. know a mic. And and somebody's got to do it, and we, you know we're kind of getting at the age where you probably need to start. Kind of, kind of. I kind of need to. I should have been doing this ten years ago. Is what I kind of want to say. Right. I I agree. I there's stuff I'm getting into now that I'm like, dude, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It is what it is. Like I like I said, I I got a lot of things where I was like, man, I really like. If I had, but at the same time, like YouTube wasn't around. Like, um, right. There weren't a lot of resources other than going to school. Hang on one second. Also, you didn't have the, the same equipment that you did right. say, 10 years ago. So that's going to be a you know big factor on you being able to, okay, well, yeah, now I can do this because I have X, Y, and Z that allows me to do this. So that's another thing that you have to take into consideration. And your taste change changes from then to now. So what you might have been into 10 years ago is completely different. So you weren't able to value what you do now. And it's it's better that you do it now because now you appreciate it more. Right, exactly. Well, and you know what was that that post the other day? You stopped discovering new music at thirty. Well, I I hit that fucking wall, so I guess I'm just going to be an old crony now. Yeah. What is what is that? Like that's a thing. Like um like there's there there's a study that says you don't you don't discover music anymore at thirty. I mean, I don't. I I guess you know with every study there's uh you know there's people that it doesn't apply to because i mean you know our interest being music you know i mean i'm sure at some point i'll become 
you know, that old guy that's, oh, I don't give a shit about any of this fucking stuff. But right now, like, every day I'm looking for new shit. Like, you know, stylistically I know what I like, but that could change. I mean, dude, I'll go from emo shit one minute to, to fucking grindcore the next. I mean, the only thing I, I just... I have a question. Hit it. When was, when was that study done? Because it'd be different if it's, say, about five years ago when Spotify, everything else wasn't as known and a lot of people reliant just on terrestrial radio a lot of people are now switching and having spotify where they can you know buy um like a premium account and you can find new stuff if you want to because it'll have like your weekly discovery there's different lists that you can explore so that you can find new music so i think part of that is just with the technology from before it wasn't as available I think that it would be interesting to see if they do a study maybe in the next couple of years to see how the study's um, results are different because I think that most people are at 30 now, they have different, you know, their phone, their laptop, so it is more accessible. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. You know, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. I mean, I dive into Spotify and uh, I go straight to... Um, you know, that, you know, new discoveries. And I actually get frustrated and pissed off when there isn't new shit in there. Like, you know, so I, that's a fantastic point that it just depends on when it was done. I mean, technology just in the few recent years has just changed the world. I mean, I can't, yeah, like, I, like I said earlier, you know, earlier on, you know, back when I was in high school, I'd sit there in front of that Music Choice channel with a fucking, you know, pen and a piece of paper writing down names of bands and, and you know, stuff like that, just trying to find new stuff. Now you throw on Spotify, boom, there it is. So, yeah, uh, here's the thing, and I've had this discussion with, with Chris, I've had this discussion with my band. Um, I definitely feel like we're in the, kind of what Chris said, where, where it's the streaming culture. Um, I, I guess my brain immediately goes to the negative because I feel more like more people, especially when it concerns um, music and even stuff like Netflix, um, people are more interested in seeing something they're comfortable with and just putting on The Office for the 900th time than going, <laughs> to, find, than going to find that new show or that new song, that new band, that new record. Like They'd rather hear Define the Great Line by under oath for the 300th time than then going to find a new band and being like okay well i've got to open my I, I think it's like an energy thing i've got to i've got to use the energy to open my mind up and try to get into this yeah and and you know what and and that could be true probably of most people i mean it's funny you had me pegged when you said sit down and watch the office for the 900 millionth time because fuck i've been watching the office nonstop every night for like fucking five years <laughs> <laughs> but uh when it comes to music i don't know i think my mood shifts so much um, you know, and I'll get burnt out on the same old stuff and I'll go either rediscover something old or, um, you know, go looking for something new. I mean, you know, there's bands that are coming out constantly that just, that I like, you know, I mean, you know, Shadow of Intent is relatively new and, you know, and I loving those guys and I'll throw a band that I like on Spotify, create a radio station out of it and just see what it gives me, you know, find yeah. new stuff that way. So I don't know that I don't think that that thing applies to me, but you know, there and pro and obviously not you, you know, when your interest is music, I would assume that you're not going to stagnate, 
But, you know, maybe just for the general general population, people who, you know, music is just, you know, ambience in the background, that, that probably is. They just stick to what they know and that's it. I feel like that's that's what it like in a weird way. I feel like that's where you nailed it is people that the the guys that go to the gym and just put on something. It doesn't matter what it is, just something to work out to the guys that are driving home and 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 just something needs to be on. So you're not killing somebody in traffic like yeah. music, music as just a um, a filler. Yeah, a filler, a, a noise filler. Um which you know, for me, this it, I love podcasts and I love doing our podcast, but it I don't generally listen to podcasts all the time. Like I don't, I'll listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast or the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. But out, outside of that, like I don't go searching for um, just to listen to a conversation. I look for music. Yeah, me either. I mean, I for me, it's uh, it's Rogan or uh, Your Mom's House with Tom Segura. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually those, unless somebody suggests something to me, I don't either. It's usually music because I mean, as much as I like to listen, it depends. Okay. Here, here it is for me on the way to practice. I'm listening to music on the way yeah. home from practice. I'm listening to podcasts. Cause that's my, my wind down shit. Or if I'm in the yeah. shower, I'll throw a podcast on. <laughs> that's, um, that's kind of Kevin or, uh, uh, the arson choir drummer. That's, that's kind of his. Uh, operation too is on the way to practice he'll listen to something heavy on the way home I think it's usually like um, classical yeah and and I mean you know maybe it's just because you're listening to loud stuff and then you go and you have you know ear and brain abuse for however long you go through that stuff you know and especially i mean you know between the two of us we play some pretty aggressive tunes you Mm -hmm. know i think subconsciously your eardrums need a break so you gravitate towards that stuff you know for the fatigue and and stuff i think that's why i like to listen to comedy or or podcasts on the way home it's just you know it's like all right i've been playing you know brutal slamming death metal for three fucking hours and i still love it but i need to catch my breath for a second here sure (laughs) Sure. So I think that uh, yeah, plays a part. I've in definitely, it. I've definitely noticed that. Um, in a weird way, I kind of do the opposite. Where if I'm not listening to something heavy all the time, I feel like my brain's not moving. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, I, I, but I, I have noticed that if I if I step away from like mathy stuff too long, I end up stop being able to be to think that way or think in that mode. Like like just how to put those weird. Um, patterns together. Okay, that's um, uh, just it's just a weird like character like a like, like taste flaw I guess is is if I get out of that mindset it's kind of hard to get back into that mindset. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, for me, what I listen to does directly influence how I write, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's really annoying to a, to a degree. So I'll throw on you know and you know shoot me for saying this, but I'll throw on some like some rap stuff mm-hmm. good rap not this radio garbage let's clarify <laughs> here um you know I, I mean like you know eminem stuff like that you know or, or some of the older shit and i will come out i will come out of that with some crazy ass riffs and maybe because the music is very just you know steady rhythmic um, sure. and there's nothing there guitar wise usually to influence my writing that i'll come up with my own pretty rhythmic creative stuff some of the most creative stuff i've come up with has been just saying like oh that's a good idea while listening to some fucking rap shit i hate to say that but no no no. it has it 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 has for whatever reason 
uh, fueled that. Yeah, don't 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 be embarrassed about that because uh, there was a good there's a great interview with um, Andy from Every Time I Die who listens to rap like fairly consistently and said like there's a good amount of times where he'll be listening to something and he'll turn a uh, a verbal pattern into a guitar line and he's like that guitar line would have never happened if I wasn't listening to something that's like rock like he's like if I li- I listen to rap I enjoy rap but because of how they verbalize certain melodies um, he's able to turn that into a guitar line and and you know what and I that's probably what it is because and that's probably why I gravitate gravitate towards uh, rappers like Eminem because he's really fast mm-hmm. um, in a lot of things and that really catches me and I think that's where the 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 riffs and stuff like that come from is you know listening to that shit and you know I don't know it just happens man it's some sort of weird magical thing uh, but I'm not ashamed of it I just high school me doesn't want to admit it <laughs> plus when you start listening to the same thing over and over again you start writing into in that fashion so you can kind of hear where you're influenced from so that can be a bad a downside of listening to the same thing because then you're just reusing the same thing over and over again instead of expanding and putting something new into it and pushing yourself forward. Exactly. That's exactly it. That That's what does it for me. Going to the extreme, Michael Schenker, um, working with him, he says that he doesn't listen to music at all because if he starts listening to it, he, or in his head, if he starts listening to it, then he's going to be influenced by it. So he likes to just focus on what he does and let his mind explore. And it's really weird. You're just like, wow, like he's so in his head in writing that he's able to come up with stuff. But it just like not the general person can't do that. Like you're going to be listening to music. So that's the extreme on that side. Right. Exactly. I think I think everybody has their kind of way of doing it because I've heard of that before from the f- really surprising from from big time artists like that where it's like yeah no 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 when I'm at home or you know or I'm trying to write stuff I don't listen to anything because yeah. I don't want to be influenced whatsoever by it. That's such that's such a like I get it to a degree but that's such I feel like you would have to go out of your way to not listen to anything. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's a, that's a lot of trying, but you know, if if it really is a crutch and it really does fuck up your flow, I mean, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah. So I mean, personally, I can't one hundred percent relate because I just I'm not written that way, and really, I have no desire to try to do that. So <laughs> I'm no I'm no pro. So let's be realistic <laughs> here. I'm not in any way gonna come up with my own ideas. <laughs> We're also talking this about somebody who grew up, you know during the 70s, 80s, where they didn't have such a um, great access to music. So for him, you know, he trained himself to do that. So I think it's a little bit different considering the time. Um, oh, yeah. And like now with technology being so available, I think the average person couldn't do that. Right. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So speaking of technology and uh, social media, I guess that kind of... Good segue. Yeah. Hey. Hey. (laughs) It's almost almost like we've done this before. Once or twice. (laughs) I'm getting it. I'm getting it, man. You're getting there. So uh, I mentioned to you, so we tried to do a podcast the other night and fucking Jesus Christ, just so much shit went down uh, Mm -hmm. between the tech getting injured at work and... um, 
Sunday didn't work out. I don't know what the fuck happened. The, the, the tech getting injured at work, long story short, for the in, for the uh, listeners, I'm a supervisor, and one of my guys got hurt, so I ended up spending the vast majority of the evening at the clinic, so we didn't get to podcast last night. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, back to my perfect segue that was just ruined. Um, so I, I hit you up. When when did this this kind of it was it was quick it came up and came down real fast I think Sunday uh, just I think Sunday you had no 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 Saturday 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 we had planned on casting right okay it was Saturday and I don't remember what the fuck happened but Saturday didn't work out um, and Kids. so Jesse Leach uh, made a post on Instagram and I caught it and then kind of ble- blazed past it because I wasn't you know, fully engaged. It was one of those, I was on the toilet and screaming <laughs> through, caught a little bit of it and then didn't realize it until, um, actually metal devastation radio posted, um, about it, uh, that he had mentioned that he was going through a divorce mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, he needed to take a break away from social media saying something. And mm-hmm. I'm not 100% quoting it accurately. Something along the lines of he doesn't want to end up dead like other people had. So he needed to take a mental health break and get the help he needed. Now that I know mm-hmm. he said he needed to get the health he need help he needed. Um, so that's really interesting, being that Howard was so involved with the album. I wonder, you know, how far it had gotten, you know. I know, and I think you had mentioned it, I know he had issues before with Killswitch with his right. wife not being okay with him. I don't know if it was touring. I mean, it's a hard life. Uh, it is. There's there's so much to that story that we're we're going to get into... <laughs> Um, we're going to get into speculation territory, which is fine. Deeply, I mean, that's part deeply. Of, part, these part are opinions the, here. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I saw the post and he quickly took it down. Um, I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but that original post is no longer up. No, it was, it came and went in minutes, I think. Cause I yeah. saw it and then saw that other, somebody mentioning about it and then went back to find it. And I was like, and this is all in a matter of like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he said, uh, I need to step away from social media. Um, he's going to, he's going to be going through a divorce, which I mean, that happens for a lot of people. So nothing, been there nothing, myself, you know, nothing, um, scary there, but then it got, it, then it got into the self harm section where I don't want to end up dead like these other people. And, and, you know, you could go on the list of who you think he's referring to, be it Chester or, um, What's the guy from Soundgarden? Yeah. Um, um, there's a whole... I mean, we could go down the entire Just, list of... Justin. Justin yeah. Lowe. I mean, you know, so, so um, many. So we've lost so many. And that's... I mean, first of all, you know, to detract from that, you know, major kudos for him to step back and be like, oh, shit, I need to get help. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause that's tough. That's, I mean, as we could see the people that we've lost and I mean, it extends further than just famous people. I mean, you know, stuff like that happens all the time right. and you know, a lot of times people don't see it, you know, and then, you, you know, somebody you would never expect to do something like that is gone. So, I mean, huge ups to him for, you know, realizing like, Hey, you know, I need to take care of myself here and taking a step away because social media to some degree can be real poisonous and you know oh God. especially oh if God. you're in a bad place and i mean i've been through a divorce myself um you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah know. And, and and that's the thing like we're in a weird time right now where uh 
like this might get a weird this might be a weird commentary on what's going on but like you know a lot of guys feel like they like they're weaker because they want help or or they're not man enough because they're looking for help and a lot of people don't understand like it's a lot harder to ask for help than it than people really realize oh yeah oh yeah i mean with a lot of cultures too they have this whole thing of machismo and that the husband or just the male in the family has to be the strong dominant one and be the you know you can't be crying you can't show feelings you just have to be the figure and in transitioning to like this era a lot of people can't make that jump just because it's just like wait you wanted me one way or like at what point is it okay yeah yeah definitely i mean shoot you know it's it's a very old-fashioned way of thinking i mean i'm guilty of it myself you know uh, without a doubt you know, I mean, yeah. as even in the earlier in the cast, where I wouldn't even talk about my like for rap. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's yeah, no, no. pride is we, a dangerous thing. I think we all have that that flaw in us, but it, good for him for for seeing it, for acknowledging it, and and knowing that it's time to to figure it out. Yeah. So that being said, the band. Um, you know, it's real interesting, you know, again, uh, you know, Howard being more involved with stuff and I know he had his own issues and that's why he needed to step away. Um, right. it just be, it's, you know, to make light of a bad situation. It's real, it did just be real funny to watch these guys, you know, ping pong back and forth vocalists. A little bit, a little bit. And, and yeah, we had mentioned that Jesse had, uh, initially stepped away after Alive or Just Breathing, um, he said in the DVD or in the End of Heartache DVD that uh, he had missed his wife. Now, yeah, if you want to read between the lines, and and I am that guy that reads between the lines, that definitely sounds a lot more like she she told him you need to be home. You're not making any money. You're playing to nobody, um, and just giving him the the guilt trip about doing the band. Um, now. Fast forward right after that record, and you get the end of heartache. Right. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to say that she's a big reason that maybe Killswitch blew up because, you know, Jesse stepped away, Howard stepped in, they got this amazing single, and, you know, can, you know the ball started rolling. Um, Howard had to step away for whatever reasons he had to step away for. Jesse jumps back in and it kind of feels like the same thing happened again where they see some success. He's gone for a long time and she guilt trips him again. Yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, and I'm sure that's probably it. I mean, you know, and, and maybe to make it not sound as negative, but it's, that's it's tough i mean being on tour i mean and you've done i've never done any tours the thought of doing a tour scares the shit out of me because i have a family and stuff like that i couldn't do that you know i i think i hats off to the musicians you know who you know let alone the single guys but the 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 guys with girlfriends and wives and kids who spend tons of time on the road i mean how you even do that i guess that's where all the great songs come from is these guys being on the road doing that stuff you know but um 
I, I, you know, I can't speak from experience, but it just seems like it take a huge toll, you know, and especially on a family and him and his wife seem real close. I mean, I've been on his Instagram and stuff like that a while. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure being on tour for so long loses interest for, you know, a wife or girlfriend to follow you around, especially maybe if it's not their primary interest, like it's yours, but, um, you know, to to then not only do that, but then take you away. I mean, you're around other girls and stuff like that. I mean, and, and then he's, you know, sober. He's had problems in the past, too. Like, you know, so there's risk there. Because um, well, I know... My, my question was, how long were they together before they got their situation? Because if they were only together for maybe a year before... Then she didn't really exact um, get the full, um, that full experience of having a a guy or a boyfriend, husband, in a band because I think many girls they go into dating a musician and they're just like, oh, I get to date a musician, you know. They don't understand that hey, they have practices, they have shows, they're not going to be always around, and that's a side that most people don't get to see. Right. And, you know, you have to go into the mindset, hey, I am dating a musician. There are certain things that I have to, um, there are certain compromises that I have to give up because he is in a band. You know, I might not be able to go to all events with him because he may have practice or, you know, I might not be able to go to every show. So there's all that that goes into dating or having a relationship with a musician. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic question. You know, I don't know a whole lot about that. I mean, you know, I, I know I knew and listened to kill switch a little bit here and there prior to Howard. Um, you know, but they really blew up for me with Howard. Um, you know, to you know, Howard leaving was really depressing for me because Killswitch is like one of my all-time favorite bands. However, mm-hmm. when Jesse came back, you know, he came back very, you know, different than he was before. It was still, you know, it was still a Howard Killswitch, maybe not as emotional vocals. Personal opinion. Anybody could fight me on that one. That's perfectly acceptable. But I think uh, there was a lot more feeling behind. Uh, you know, the songs that Howard put out versus, you know, mm. what came later, you know, I don't know how their writing process goes or anything, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm really curious to see what the future of the band is, you know, if he's going to keep doing that. I mean, if he's going through a divorce, is he going through a divorce or like, you know, for sure, for sure, or has it gotten that bad and he needs to like pull out and reassess things, you know? Uh, you know, we don't know the personal life or what's going on there. I just thought it was, you know, like kind of shocking and uh you know interesting to say the least to see something like that and then it was yanked down super fast yeah so drama and, drama and, and like you said we can only we can only speculate but it just there's a there's a few timing things in there that just sound like is howard making himself available in case something happens 
Right. And if I recall correctly, the basis of Howard leaving was his diabetes was out of control. He was sick. He was Mm -hmm. not in his right head uh, Mm -hmm. because of all that. You know, I mean, again, these are these guys are out there doing a lot of stuff, too. I mean, you know, for a band to make money, you've essentially you've just got to be pounding the pavement. You know, I mean, shit. I feel like Dahlia has been on tour for like 10 fucking years. They only they only stopped to record a record and then go out again to promote that record for two years and even when they stop to record a record how much stopping do they really do you know? <laughs> like it's, yeah i don't yeah you're you dude you got me on that i don't feel like there's a big stop yeah those guys are are perpetually on tour always always i love every time they come out with a dvd they look slightly dirtier slightly more homeless and just <laughs> more fucked up like that the life has taken its toll and still like the coolest guys on the planet uh so yeah, man, I just I wanted to bring up, you know, the the sneak attack with Jesse there and, you know, concerns for the band and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like Howard's there on standby. I mean, he's been doing his own thing with uh with his own uh band and I mean, that's been great. They've mm-hmm. actually, you know, they the newer stuff that they came out with was better than some of the early early stuff. I didn't like how it was mixed or any of that. So, I mean, yeah. Howard's still Howard, dude. I fucking love that guy. Um, yeah, and the last time I saw, or the last time I listened to an interview with him, he, him and Jesse are very much alike, where they both feel like they have to be doing something. Right. Um, Howard very much reads, writes. Uh, I think he actually has said that he worked as A&R for a label. Um, I feel like Jesse does this a lot of the same thing, where he, he does a lot of reading, does a lot of writing. Um, so I, I feel like the transition wouldn't be too bad. Uh, we just got to wait and see what that actually means right um there's there's like you said there's a lot of things going around about this next record where we're gonna see how much in how much input howard had um we're gonna see where i don't know if there's any real touring um plans going on right now i, I know they're trying to finish the record and then i don't know after that i are, they're not playing anything nam wise right i feel like i saw them on a flyer somewhere and and now I feel like an asshole for not knowing, but I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, I maybe maybe somebody will be there because of Fishman being there. The Palladium on the. That's what I saw. Pal, the, they're playing the Palladium on April nineteenth. That's why it was sticking out to me. Somebody gotcha. somebody had shared that they were going to that. So gotcha. so there's okay. but maybe I mean when is this album set to release? Is there a release date on it yet, or they just finished it up? I think they they're just finishing it up. I don't know if there's a release date on there. Well, damn it, get me that shit already. I want it, <laughs> motherfucker. We've already had a few big releases for January that people are saying. So we we got time. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's January. Like we're this. It, it's crazy. I feel like. You know, 2018 was so long ago. It's been like a fucking week and a half. <laughs> right, that just yeah, that's very true. You yeah, know, we don't we don't talk about that year. No, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Let's let's hope for uh, good stuff here. So, any gear, anything that's uh, I'm you know, I, I oh oh, remind me that uh, so I was talking to um, uh, the owner of uh, 
Dalbello guitars, mm. you know, going nice. back. I've gone back and forth with him a couple times on Instagram, you know, uh, asking some questions about some gear and stuff like that. And it was real. I thought they were going to be at NAMM this year, and unfortunately, they're not. A couple of his artists will be around with their stuff. So nice. I'll try and hook up with, with him and see if I can, you know, powwow with one of those guys and try out some of that gear, you know. Uh, That'd be dope. We might have to live stream that if we can meet up with one of those guys at NAMM and see what's up. Yeah, I'd be down. Because those guitars are uh, exquisite looking, uh, and they've got some tech dudes uh, ripping some cool shit on them. So, um, little small, small little company, but it looks like there's some growth going on there. Yeah, down. Uh, yeah, I'm down. It's, a, it's you just got to keep an eye out for it. That's going to be the tough part. There's going to be a lot of stuff at Nam that we definitely want to check out. So, oh, anybody yeah. that you know we can stop and talk to about those guitars, that'd be that'd be really that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. And like, I, you know, as much as I love the big companies, uh, you know, I, I like seeing the, you know, little guys and stuff like that, you know, because you get to personally know, you know, the luthiers and the, the owners and, you know, the, you know, they're the kind of people you could sit down and talk to forever. Mm-hmm. Not to say that uh, we don't know people from, you know, big companies that we can do that, you know, like Tyler, you know, I mean, super cool guy. I've met the guy one time and, you know, he's a homie of yours, you know. Yeah. Uh, working for Ibanez, and I mean, he's a super chill dude. Could talk to that dude forever. But you know, these these little little you know small independently owned companies. Like I don't know what it is to me. It's just like you know, there's heart. There's so much heart behind that. You know, and passion and stuff. So you know that that just you know really interests me when it comes to these small little companies. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like I think there's a lot to look forward to at Nam, and and we're definitely going to be there. Uh, gearing out and nerdy out with everybody that's gonna full mass too. I, yeah, I mean, full mass and, and just embarrassing us on guitar. Yeah. Oh God. Every time, dude. It's it's fucking ridiculous. I I mean <laughs> I, I I accept that I'm mediocre at best, but <laughs> you know it's really fucking irritating when you're walking around around like the Kiesel booth or something, and some fucking prodigy ten year old comes in there and just makes you look like you know you're dumb (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just gonna give up at guitar it's like this kid i hate him and everything (laughs) that he stands for i want to (laughs) break his fingers and ruin his life like that's it dude (laughs) of course out loud i'm like man you're incredible but inside there's some there's some real hate yeah it's just oh god damn it why weren't my parents beating me and making me play guitar more (laughs) <laughs> so so talk so after after mentioning your parents beating you i think we're gonna move on to okay stupid <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> so, do you uh, have daddy issues were you abused as a child well uh here's some here's some dating questions for you it's <laughs> <laughs> funny uh since you brought that up whatchamacallit um Damn, what's that comedian's name? Uh, Tosh, dude, has in one of his stand-ups where he's he's talking about uh, you know how uh, people beat their kids into into greatness, but you don't want to beat them so much that they molest children like Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know, it's like wow, it, it's the greatest fucking thing, and it's like, damn, I think to some degree that's true. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of the 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 famous. Like Tiger Woods, like Tiger Woods, they started him super early, right? And he had, yeah, he had the the quote quote unquote stage parents, stage right, dad. right. Well, I mean, if you look at the Jacksons and 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 
Jesse Jackson and and how all the shit that they went through. I mean, you know, that, yeah, that, that's excessive. There's a lot of success in that family, though. Y- yeah, well, I mean, again, beating your kids into greatness, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 it works. I just, you know, that was a weird we just, life. <laughs> we just we we do not condone beating your child no. on keep chugging podcast not but we do find at it all. hilarious i have two kids that i would never lay a hand on but the joke still stands but it is <laughs> but it is hilarious yeah okay I- <laughs> so you want to go so, first or am i going first <laughs> you, you can go first as usual so so this is uh okay stupid okay stupid if you're if you're not familiar with this is uh we take some questions from a very popular dating app called OKCupid, okay and then reimagine them for musicians, and we call it OK Stupid. <laughs> we need a theme song intro to this segment of the show. <laughs> I uh, 100% approve this. Oh so no! Want to write a, a a shred a shred jingle? Oh man, just some we- corny, goofy carnival music. <laughs> okay, so um, we're gonna start easy on this one. Oh, thank God! What's What's something? So the original question is: What's something you've always wanted to try? What's a piece of gear that you've always wanted to try that you haven't tried yet? Ooh, that I haven't tried yet. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Dalbello for sure. Um, okay. You know, um, I you know their stuff looks great. I mean, there's a couple out there. So I mean, I've tried Skirvison. Definitely want one of those. I've tried Mayonnaise. They're too heavy. Uh, Aristides, you know, I like them. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of like what other known boutique gear is out there that I haven't really tried. I mean, you know, I guess if we can go into even, you know, stuff that I already know that's like even more goofy, like, dude, I just want to play a nine string just to say that because <laughs> I've never really sat down with a, a skateboard with strings. Right. And, and I mean, it's just ridiculous. I wouldn't know what to do with it. But then again, yeah, I I didn't know what start with a nine, like a nine string guitar, like, you know, I mean, at this point it just gets ridiculous, but like, uh, have you ever heard of Mike Gianelli? I know the name. Yeah. He's, he's on, uh, Instagram as nine string man. He shreds the fuck out of a nine string. Um, and he was in, man, I don't remember what the name of the band was that he was in before, but they were like a slammy band, you know, a lot like uh, Black Tongue or whatever, you know, very super just gross. Um, so I would expect something like that with, uh, you know, the slammy slams. Um, but I, I don't even know. But just just fuck it, dude. I don't know. Fuck everything. Mm-hmm. Just hit that one string blah, all day. Just hit that, hit that for 28 measures. But as far as gear goes, I think Dalbello for sure is like uh, topping my list right now because I've tried a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been through, you know, more gear than Tommy Lee has women at this point. Uh, which is I, a, I would I would I would say you're on par. I don't know if you that that's more. I, I'm not. I don't definitely think up there. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've been anywhere near that close. <laughs> okay. Next one is going to be. Um, so the original question is, how would your best friends describe you? Your question is, how would your bandmates describe you? Jesus Christ! I don't know. Fuck. Are uh, you a uh, totalitarian dictator? Are you uh, are you a democratic? Um, Pretty, I mean, neutral. I, I'm pretty neutral. I try to stay pretty neutral. With Unscarred, it was different, especially as, you know, 
we went through members and members, I became a lot more of a dictator. Um, but I don't like being that way. I don't like being that guy. And to be honest, I'm not in the position to make any uh, big decisions, really. I mean, you know, I, I definitely like to share my opinion and, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't think I have the availability or the freedom to be like, we're doing this this way, you know, um, just with the family and everything else. Like, I love being in a band. I love playing. You know, I would definitely like to play more places, but I can't sit there and, you know, I don't have... It's really hard for me to sit there and tell somebody to do something if I can't 100% do it myself, you know? Yeah. But at the that, same that, time... That makes sense. I can't, I, I show up, you know, I, I find time, I make sure I practice, and I show up to a practice you know, ready to put things together. It's not like a, I haven't touched my instrument in two fucking weeks. I'm going to show up and not do anything. So when I hear that shit, yeah, then I become an asshole. But mm -hmm. most of the time I'm, I try to stay as humble as I can. You know, I, I mean, you know, I, I, last thing I want to do is, you know, put myself on a pedestal and then fall on my fucking face. Sure. So I try not to do that. And it goes back to what I said about Nam is, you know, just, you know, there's people out there that are better than you and stuff like that. So just being that arrogant, I don't know. So, so very neutral, very, I try to stay pretty humble. I, I do, my confidence will get the best of me sometimes. And I do come off pretty arrogant, but, um, I like to think that I consciously try to stay humble. Okay. So that's a good, good answer. Um, Nick, your next one. The original question is, when is the right age for you to settle down? Your question is, when is the right age to start learning an instrument? I, I'm a firm believer in as early as possible. It's just, it depends. I mean, you know, for, for me, and that's a perfect question for me because I've got kids, one that's 10 and one that's one and a half. Um, I, if the interest is there, as early as possible, I, I think, because that's where prodigies come from if the interest isn't there i'm i'm not someone who's going to twist somebody's arm into something but um i i think you know if the interest is there even like for my one and a half year old she just comes up and hits the strings and twists the knobs yeah you know if that continues you know into two or three years old did you know then i will make sure she has something you know uh my my 10 year old, you know, I've gotten her a guitar and stuff like that. And she's definitely an artist, a, a big time, you know, drawing pictures. She, dude, you should see some of the shit she does. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know that she has as much interest in an instrument and that's fine. So it's a tough question to answer. I think as early as possible, if the interest is there. I think that's as, as close as you can, can get to a definitive answers is as yeah. long as the interest is there, let them go do it. Um, it just eventually becomes a, am I buying, you know, instruments for someone that's, they're just going to stack up and collect dust. Right, exactly. I mean, and for me, you know, and I, I hate myself for not committing earlier, but I mean, mm -hmm. my brother had a guitar early on. I wanted drums and I think that's what did it is I never got drums and I just held out and held out and I didn't actually seriously pick up a guitar probably till I was, you know, I had one when I was like 16, you know, I did a little things here and there, but didn't really commit to it. 18, uh, I started to commit more. I got really good. Um, and then, you know, I got married and, you know, without putting that my ex-wife on blast for an entire podcast, I just, I didn't play as much, ended up selling guitars and didn't play for almost two years mm. until, 
you know, you can, you can blast her. She's not going to listen to this. Yeah, no, she isn't. I'm sure she isn't. And it's not like it matters anyways. Um, but I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but then I, you know, I, I got divorced. I, I got with my wife now, who's my girlfriend at the time. She's super supportive and, you know, picked it up and grew to where I'm at now. So, I mean, realistically, I didn't even commit to it until I was 21, 22. Yeah. And I fucking hate that I didn't do it earlier in life because I'd be even further than I am now. But right you know so if the interest is there as early as possible for sure okay so next one is gonna be what okay so the original question is what celebrity do you think deserves more attention your question is gonna be what band do you think deserves more attention Ooh. god that's a tough one because i feel like the entire metal genre needs more attention these days. I think, you know, that's really tough to say. I, I couldn't pick one band, to be honest. I think I think the genre as a whole, uh, you know, has kind of fallen out of the mainstream to some degree. Um, again, I don't stick to too much mainstream music, so I wouldn't know what's out there and what's cranking on the radio as much, but... I mean, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, like, you know, Metallica's radio-friendly album, you know, Black Album, mainstream stuff, you know, it kind of brought metal more into the mainstream and stuff like that. Uh, You know, all the controversy with as metal was coming up with, you know, stuff and in the 80s and hair metal, it was very much in the mainstream. I don't know necessarily that it is anymore, so I feel like the entire genre as a whole could use more attention, but I couldn't pick a specific band. I really couldn't. I think okay. there's so many of them that put in so much work um, that need more attention. I mean, you know, Black Dahlia, I think those guys are really coming up and have grown, uh, but they're still a death metal band that people just aren't going to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and as much as, like, when we saw them at uh, House of Blues, like, it was absolutely shoulder to shoulder, but I guarantee that's not every night. No. And and that's upsetting because those guys, I mean, like mentioned earlier in the cast, is they, they, they those guys put in work. And, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, I guess every band has haters, but, I, dude, those guys should be packing out every single show. I mean, they have the, the you know, the... The European, you know, metal OGs like at the gates and in flames and stuff like that that fucking love them. I mean, and these are the guys that pioneered shit, you know, and Mm -hmm. they still don't, you know, if anything, you know, maybe they're falling off more. I mean, as Gent takes over the Gent style and, you know, modern, I'll call it modern style because I don't know the whole gen thing's weird but you know, I, I think those guys are kind of, you know, in the shadows again to some degree. And there's some of the nicest people ever. I fucking love Trevor. He's always such the sweetest. Like, he'll come over, look over my shoulder. So what you doing? Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, and there's nothing but stories about those guys like that. Nothing but stories about how... how cool they are, how cool they are to fans. I mean, and I can go on the, the Black Dahlia rant forever, and I won't, but, like, Trevor is just as much a metal fan as his yeah. fans are. Like, he's a fan, and I think that's why it just, it's so perfect for him. I get high fives from him. Yes. Awesome guy. Awesome band. <laughs> okay. And your last one. <clears throat> 
this is going to be, well, at least, at least for me, this is an interesting one. So the original question is, do you, peop- do you think people are, bo- are born good or born evil? Your question, do you think musicians are born good or practiced to be good? I think, I think there's, I think it's a lot like, um, I think to some degree it's, it's a lot like uh, bodybuilding and fitness too. I think there are people with certain genetics uh, that helps them reach certain levels of dexterity a lot easier than others. Um, you know, when it comes to certain things that make things easier. Now, I, that's kind of a weird, you know, thing. This is just my opinion because I'm sure there's going to be tons of people who have vastly different opinions. I think you could practice to get to a point, and if you really dedicate yourself to something, you know, you could be incredible. But you have a prodigy like I'll use Miles as an example. Like that mm-hmm. dude busted out of the womb with a guitar. Like, <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, I, you know, there can be people that can dedicate as much practice as maybe he he's put in and not be where he's at. And I think that just comes from, you know, brain chemistry, you know, to, you know, the ability to, you know, physical dexterity to his personal dedication to what he loves to do. And Mm -hmm. so I think to some degree, you know, I think, I think you are born to it to some degree. I think you are. Um, But part of it too, with miles, his mom is so supportive of him. And I think that that helped. Having somebody that pushed him right. and was supported because his mom will be at shows with a beer, like right in front, just see, and that's huge. Him. You're just like that's awesome. And that's another part of it, you know. You 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 know he you know has uh, an incredible support system and stuff like that to be able to do that stuff, you know. So you know, and again, I'm using I'm just using Miles as an example. He's been on the cast, and you know we all know him. So he's a and he's he's incredible. I mean, you know. He should be getting a lot more attention than he is getting. I'll tell you, very underrated. I think that that guy has a big future for him. Um, for sure. Soon enough. Um, for but- sure. And, and, and like you said, it kind of that's one of those things that goes both ways because not everybody that is a bodybuilder can be Brock Lesnar. No. And and not everybody that is in uh, mixed martial arts can be Conor McGregor. It no. just it just it's just not going to happen. It's genetics um, plus dedication. Right. So I, it's a combo. It's so, that perfect mixture of like stars aligning, right? Where that person is just a kind of like a freaking nature, where he just has they just have everything that just works perfectly. I I agree. So I think to some degree you are born to it. However, you can't just be born to it and it just happens. It takes dedication as well. So it's a combination of the two. But I think there has to be some sort of genetic disposition to be good at whatever craft it is, whether it's, you know, having a physique to be, you know, a competition bodybuilder, to having the the ability to be a shredding, you know, fucking guitar god uh, or, you know, a mathematician or, or, or anything else. I think to some degree you're just your chemistry, you know, support system stuff like that puts you where you're at. And just just a quick and, and just a quick follow up question with that: Do you feel like this is going to be a tough one because this is something that I've always kind of struggled with? Do you feel like it's better to be a hard worker or extremely talented? Mm, pro- see, mm, yeah, that's a good follow up. Um, I I think you know again you know I think being a hard worker probably to some degree because people there are so many people with such talent out there that 
because they aren't hard workers, they don't dedicate themselves to what they're good at, squander their their talents, and it just doesn't show. And I've said it a million times, and I kicking myself for not being able to think of a live example right now i say god that guy has so much talent it's so unfortunate to see that just get thrown away yeah you know or to get blown or or you know or man he's so talented it's you know it's unfortunately he doesn't have the right support system behind him or Mm -hmm. stuff like that so i think i think being a hard worker uh is definitely more important than just being born with a talent because i think you can work your way to a lot of things, maybe not everything, mm. but a lot of things. But if you have the talent with no work ethic, then you're just fucking wasting the talent. For sure. You know, so definitely hard work, I, I think. For me, I think I, I feel the same way. I think that's just something that more people need to hear. Um, I, I think a lot of people underestimate or overestimate, really, uh, success with talent. Yeah. Um, they're not always one and the same. And, no. and as I've gotten older, I've definitely realized that that you can be very, very talented and not have any success, and you can have a lot of success and still not be very talented. Yeah, exactly. You have a successful bands that you're never going to see, and they may have so much talent, but if they can't do the work to make it happen, then nobody's going to see. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and then there's more to that. There's, you know, there's opportunities and stuff not lining up and being able to afford things and stuff like, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, it, it just sometimes it just doesn't work out. But to answer between those two choices, I think being a hard worker is probably the more important of the two. For sure. All right. Let's give your ass some, a difficult time here. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so. All right, here's here's a good one. So the question, the original question is, who has impacted you most in life? The uh, your question will be, who has impacted you or influenced you the most uh, as a musician? Oh, that is that that is a good one. Um, uh, I guess it's gonna probably be Josh Scogan. Okay. Um, yeah, he's the original singer from Norma Jean, but everybody knows him from the chariot. Uh, he's doing currently doing 68. Um, great dude. Uh, very underrated musician. Um, but just very honest and very much leaves everything on every, like just pours his heart out at every show. And I can't say that there's a lot of musicians that do that. Um, he very much, you know, has the same mindset of as I do, where you don't know that you're going to get the next show. You're not guaranteed the next show. Um, your band can fall apart. Your your you could lose members. You could things can happen where you're not able to play. So you just go out and give a thousand percent every show. And I don't know that there's a lot of guys that can say that they do that every night. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, you know, you you'll see it at a show. You know, you go to a show and you can just tell it's not being vibed or 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 something. It's just not there. I I'll use an example. Um, I took my sister to see Asking Alexandria one time, and this is when Danny was still all fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. the dude was a goddamn mess on stage, busted an Axl Rose because the mic wasn't working right or something. His voice was trashed, and he fucking tossed the mic and just walked off stage. And then Ben yeah. Bruce was sitting there talking shit. Like, I was like, dude, people paid money to see this shit. Like, you know, say what you yeah. want about Asking Alexandria as a band. That's not the point here. But, yeah. 
So. You, you can you can you can see it in certain musicians, um, even local musicians, whatever you want to call it. You can see it in in big time musicians where you see that it's just a job. Like they're just they just clock in, they do the job, and they clock out. And you can see it in local musicians too, where they're just there. They're you know you're just I'm just doing this because there's nothing else to do today, so I'm doing this. Yeah, um, and and misguided intentions, and you know, guys will, you know, I mean, I I'm not, I'm always kind of, I'm sometimes guilty of it because I have family stuff, but bands who come play their show and then leave, yeah, you know, it's like, well, fucking nobody knows who you are because you, I mean, you don't stay around to see anybody. I mean, if you nobody knows who you are, even in the local scene, how do you think you're going to make it anywhere? Right, you know. So, anyways, yeah. all right, next one. <laughs> um. <laughs> The original question, has a book ever changed your life? Has a album ever changed your life? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, damn. Uh, Haymaker, or Throwdown by Haymaker. Uh, uh, the, Haymaker yeah. by Throwdown. There, there it is. I knew what you meant. Haymaker by Throwdown. Uh, it was, you know, the quintessential straight edge album. Yes, and- it was. And it absolutely murders, you know, that was probably one of the first time I heard drop B tuning. Oh, yeah. Um, those guitars were thicker than my dick and half as hard. Um, <laughs> I have to go listen to that album now, dude. When we get done with this, so, I'm going to have to. It's, it's been so a minute. Good. Just, just that first, like that first record, that first, their very first record was amazing, but the, the recording quality wasn't great. Right. And when they did Haymaker, it just the stars aligned, and it was oh, it was such a good and not hard. It's not like super techy riffs. It was just heavy and catchy, and had the message that I needed to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No that that one was a that was a great. I'm gonna go listen to that later. That's probably gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be my gym album tomorrow, dude. There you like, go. There you, there, go. That, you, you will get. You will get so ripped dude, if you just put that on repeat. Fucking mega beef central, dude. I'll look look like fucking Kevin Ferreria from dude. That, did I send you that video of that dude? Yes, the, that dude is huge. He's fucking mega biceps, dude. I, I gigantic. And to anyone who's listening, you go look him up. He just did a behemoth cover recently where he did it with the corpse paint. This dude's got like twenty inch arms and it's fucking shredded. He's had videos going back forever, but dude, it's fucking great. He is gigantic, dude. Oh my god, goals in life, you know. Sometimes someday I'll shoot enough steroids to be that guy. Dude, uh, you know how much protein you have to eat to get that big? Um, well, I put in like 300 grams a day and I'm not that big, so God only knows. I don't know, but he went I'm showing Chris the video right now. The dude is gigantic. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's fucking great. Uh, all right, here's your next question while you show her that. Um, um, the original question is, why do you get up in the morning? The question you get is, uh, why music? Oh, God. Um. Getting deep on you here, dude. Uh, okay. So, why music? The easy answer is, I couldn't professional wrestle. I couldn't <laughs> be a professional wrestler. <gasps> That's um, such a great answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried doing, um... I, I did uh, basketball all up through high school, and um, when I reached um, my sophomore year of high school, they told me I was too short. So, uh, went into football, 
And that was okay, but it wasn't really for me. And in the course of doing that, I found um, Backyard Wrestling. And that's awesome. This and the thing about this the this particular league was the goal was to get to be able to do independent wrestling. It wasn't just let's beat each other up and throw each th- each other through th- thumbtacks and be dumb. Like no, the goal was um, there was a, a trainer from Mexico who was a luchador, oh, and shit. his yes his, his goal was to get you to the independent circuit. That's um, this is my favorite story. <laughs> this is my favorite story. Uh, ended up getting a stinger, and I don't know if you know what a stinger is, but I was dropped on my neck, Ooh. and uh, I didn't break anything, but my body went numb for about three minutes. Oh, that's not down. Yeah. So after that, um, you know, he decided it's probably not the best idea for me to continue. Um, I'm still a gigantic wrestling fan. Uh, I still love um, a lot of, re- you know, I still follow and, and enjoy a lot of wrestling. But that's the easy answer. The, the easy answer is right when I wanted to attempt to become indie, um, I got the stinger. Shortly after that, you know, my buddy was like, here's a bass. Go learn bass guitar because I need, I need a bass player for a band. And I didn't put it down. Nice. That was a great story. That was fucking <laughs> fantastic. It makes Sorry, so much I, sense I, now. I have so many weird, like weird, random stories like that. But yeah, the the easy answer is uh, I couldn't be, I couldn't be a professional wrestler. That's fucking dude. You are Luchador Mark from now on. That's it. It's fucking over. <laughs> That's oh, totally okay. No. Um, I think you got one more, right? I think you got one more, and then and then we got a. Get close to wrapping up. Yeah, buddy. All right. So last one, and it'll be an easy one for you. So the original question is, do you have any awkward family traditions? The uh, question for you is, do you have any weird pre- or post-show slash practice rituals? I don't know if there's any weird ones. I mean, I don't think there's any weird ones, but I do. we do one thing as a band that I don't think a lot of bands do and that Fuck. is we take oh, oh sure um <laughs> sorry we we, <laughs> we take the time to stretch and warm up and get our bodies ready to perform and um i don't feel like a lot of bands do that i don't feel like there's a lot of bands that are like okay well you know i check the gear obviously i do all my gear check i change my strings i make sure all my shit's working but i make sure that like 40 to 45 minutes before we play that I do my stretching. I try to run around the building. I try to jump around and be an idiot because I got to get all that out of me so I can go take that on stage. Right. And it makes that makes sense for you guys because you really move around now. And and I always try to stretch. Um, I mean, just because I do a lot of like gym stuff and stuff like that, like stretching is just there. I've gotten tendonitis so many times that, you know, and, and muscled through it. I'm sure somewhere I, my body will probably hit 40 and fall the fuck apart. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do the same, but I don't think anybody ever does that. And I, you know, I, that just comes back, and actually, this will probably be a topic for the next cast. But you know, p- 
personal physical fitness and you know putting on a good show you know where is it at you know we'll bring we'll have to we'll definitely have to take that to the next cast because that could be that'll be i think that'll be a full cast because especially um just to kind of wrap this up full circle like this has been the first full week that i've gotten back into working out and working out on a regular schedule i know you work out and god damn it it shows the last time i saw you you looked like you've been down about 15 pounds yeah and i'm at about 25 now I started at 250. I'm I'm at 223. Nice. I haven't weighed this little since uh, 2015, so it's been a minute. Yeah, so I'm I'm really happy for you, and it really does show you putting a lot of effort into into getting your body, you know, the way that you feel comfortable. Um, So yeah, this has been like my first real effort to get back to uh, with Chris to get back to. a, a body type that I feel like I can take to the stage and not have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know what? And and again, this is a whole other thing. My my inspiration for it was um, one. I've always been going to the gym, and I just I got sick of looking at myself fat. Um, mm-hmm. so I just changed my diet really and, uh, did a little bit of cardio and I had a, you know, long story short, I had, we had a IA practice a few days ago and the entire three hours I did not sit down, nothing jammed the whole fucking time and came home. Usually I'm beat up and sore. I was fucking ready for another three hours. So, um, we'll talk about that more next time because we're, we're just going to go into the fucking two hour mark here, but yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that because uh, we still got to upload this. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's probably a good place to, to stop. Give us some things to talk about before Nam. Sounds good. Yeah. So, all right. Episode 23. See you next time. Oh, yeah.